Welcome to the Zeitgeist Lab collection. Brian, happy Boxing Day. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Boxing Day. Yeah, happy yeah. Boxing Day to you. Yeah, thank you. We're recording today, the day after Christmas. Uh, I don't think, if you're listening to this when it comes out, it's also already the new year, because I think it's January 4th. So happy new year to our listener, but happy Boxing Day to my co-host, Brian. Brian, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really good. How about yeah, you? I'm doing, I'm doing okay. My, uh, my back is bothering me today. That's frustrating. It's kind of a long day of cleanup after the holiday, I guess. So feels like I've got a lot home. going on. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got something special here. Okay, what do we got? Something you've been looking for. That would be... Oh, what the hell? Do you have the Utz potato chips? Are you like just trying to rub it in my face or something? I'm already an addict. You're an addict. Yeah. So when you started posting about him, I, I got I got really intrigued. I was like, he's n- he's never had the the crab chips. They're not available in Mormon country. Like, what's the deal? No, I think I have had the crab chips um, when I visit Maryland. So my whole not my whole most of my extended oh, family right. lives yeah. in Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. And that's that. Utz, I believe, is me. I think Utz is actually in Pennsylvania, is where they're based out of. But uh, yeah, uh, I was. A, I had Uts a lot when I was a child uh, before we moved to Utah. But, yeah, they don't have them out here in Utah. What a damn shame. It is a damn shame. And so, like, I forget someone tweeted about it recently. I forget who. But then I was just, of course, looking at Uts's website, and I saw the crab ones. I was like, oh, fuck. I, if I haven't tried them, I want to. But I think I probably did maybe five or six years ago, one of the times I was there. And I thought I, I, thought I had a hookup for someone to send them to me. But... I think it was all just a sick joke. Dude, yeah. If you give me your, I mean, if you send me your address, I can send you some of these. Okay. Sure. I tried to look them up on Amazon. Like, you can buy them on Amazon or even directly from the Utz website, but you have to buy, like, a case of oh, like, yeah. 12 or something. I'm, I'm not paying $40 for a bunch of Utz chips. So, <laughs> Dude, I, I, I already have, man. These are nice. These are good. Yeah, I, like, I followed Utz on Twitter because I, I followed, like, a bunch of potato chip accounts because I'm a... I'm a connoisseur these days. Are you? Okay, I know. Yeah, I've seen you post a few things on Twitter asking for people like drop their pictures of chips. Yeah, yeah, the the, the you are entering a, a chip checkpoint tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you say you're an addict, do you mean of potato chips in general or Uts specifically? Oh, the, or the crab chips, man. These are the like one chip. of my okay. these are like one of my favorite that's on the market right now for sure. Look at me look look at me nerding out about potato chips on the podcast. <laughs> So these let, are the hungry size, and like I just inhaled like half this bag today. <laughs> and just to be clear, it's just a potato chip with Old Bay seasoning on it, right? Yeah, but dude, they're fire, man! Like it's yeah with uh, Chesapeake based crab seasoning to be to be exact. Okay, which I'm sure that's Old Bay, but for sure, yeah. Okay, so what makes a good potato chip then? Like, I'm not a connoisseur. I'll pretty much eat any garbage chip I would imagine. But, like, I don't like spicy. But aside from that, I don't really care what I'm eating. I don't know, man. Like, I like – it's got to be, like, really flavorful and but, like, really brittle and, like, um, just – I don't know. I'm, like – I'm, I, like – I just like getting high and like eating chips and like trying new flavors. It's just a, it's a, it's a very good stoner activity, I guess. 
So, <laughs> I mean, do you like chips if you're not high, or do you have to be high? I'm I'm no, I'm not a monster. It's just that, like, ever since I became a stoner late in life, I I just really got into, like, potato chips. Like, I, 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 like, I don't know. Dude, I'm high already. I'm like, okay. this is going to be an interesting podcast. I'm okay. Like, so you've chosen uh, not to be sober for this one. Yeah. And that's the second one in a row. But, right. Yeah. But, but you know, I just, you know, I'm still celebrating. The, I'm celebrating Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Yeah. I mean, Bo- Boxing Day. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. But oh, so like, I actually asked. Okay, so like, I followed um Uds on Twitter. Okay. And they tweeted out like that they're they make like ugly Christmas sweaters of like. The, the potato chip bags, you know? Oh, nice. So, like, I asked for the crab chip ugly Christmas sweater for Christmas, but I didn't get it. Like, you asked so your family, one. or? What? Like, you asked I, your family to buy I, it for you? Yeah, I asked my mom. I sent it to her. I was like, hey, if you wanted to know what I, w- I want for Christmas, then here you go. <laughs> and she was like, are you serious? And I'm like, I had to think about it, and I was like, yeah, actually, I am. <laughs> nice. And I didn't get it. So when you asked me, how did your holidays go? And I said, it was just okay. It was kind of weird. That's why. That's why? Because you didn't get the sweater you wanted? <laughs> of I, didn't, I, didn't get, I didn't get my crab sweater. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So what I say, what is the, like, what's a bad chip? Or because if you're kind of sure, that means there's got to be chips you don't like, right? Um,. Yeah, like I, I don't like. Okay, so like I'm revealing myself to be a, a, a potato chip hipster here, but I don't like the the really popular brands. I think they're kind of generic, like your your Lay's and your mm-hmm. and to a lesser extent your Doritos. I like I like to go for the Uts and the and the like the Dutch Crunch. That's a good one. I have not heard of that Dutch Crunch. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good line. Yeah, I'm really nerding out here. I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of getting embarrassed just talking. <laughs> You're getting embarrassed talking about chips. My my love my love my love for potato chips. I didn't. I'm. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting embarrassed here. <laughs> okay, what about Pringles? Uh, Pringles were my jam when I was a kid, but I don't know. I I like I like seeing what's like. I like trying the new shit. You know, I like trying shit I've never had before. Okay. That's 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 when I say I'm a connoisseur. That's what I mean. I'm like I don't even. I'm what are the new potato all, chips? I'm just I'm just being really adventurous with it. You're being adventurous. What about? So do you like? Are you a spicy food person? Oh yeah, yeah. Are, are you a big spice guy? I mean, I'm I'm okay with like spicy food. Like if it's like I don't know, the first thing that comes to mind would be like an Indian dish that's spicy or something like that. That I can do to a certain oh, extent. Yeah. At a certain point, I, it's too spicy. But I don't like any sort of spicy chips, like the flaming Hot Cheetos or something like that. Nah, no thanks. You so you don't like Takis either? No. Nah. Oh man, I love Takis. Yeah, I, I don't go Indian spicy though. That that I'm afraid. I'm afraid of that. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind so much spiciness with food. Like, 
something like that's prepared that way but like i feel like on chips they just dump a whole bunch of hot spices on there and try to make it as hot as possible it's not to me it's not enjoyable yeah, like, the, like the california reaper chip and the hot chips and all that yeah yeah, yeah it does seems excessive i don't go for that either do you ever so do, uh, you said i know you said you didn't like lays but do you ever follow their like yearly contest to name a new chip flavor or whatever no <laughs> yeah some of the years they've had weird like look at this nashville hot chicken versus new york style pizza i'm sorry but none of neither of those sound like a good chip <laughs> yeah when i say i'm a connoisseur i mean i like i like stand in the chip aisle stoned for 10 minutes <laughs> and everything would you try and this like... cappuccino chip Fuck no, Jesus! I mean, like, <laughs> just to see what it's like, maybe, yeah. But that sounds disgusting. I I feel like they had a a bacon flavored chip one year, like bacon mac and cheese or something, and that one was. Ugh. Oh, here's the article right here saying that cappuccino like lost. Oh yeah, right here. Yeah, okay. So yeah, what are the four here? I can't, I can't really see. We have so this is from oh this is from six years ago, 2014. But that year it looks like the finalists were cappuccino, wasabi ginger, bacon mac and cheese, and mango salsa. Huh. I guess mango salsa would be okay. Maybe. Welcome to Chipcast. Chipcast. <laughs> we should do a whole collection about. Potato uh, chips. Snacks. Or maybe snacks. Yeah, snacks. snacks. Could, just... Could you talk <laughs> for a full hour about a single snack? No, I just want an excuse to eat more snacks on okay. life. Yeah, maybe we'd get sponsored <laughs> too, and then they would have to send us free snacks to try. That's why I was following so many potato chip accounts on on Twitter. Has it worked? No, not, no. not even close. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. Shout out to Wilfred Thrill though, who who got sponsored by Mike's Hard Lemonade and I think Natural Light. I saw that today. I was looking at it through his uh, Twitter and I saw his pinned tweet about being sponsored by them. I was like, what the fuck? So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Very I've never been sponsored by anything. Very underrated poster on Twitter. Yeah, I, had, I didn't follow him until recently, but it's uh, it's a solid follow for sure. I hope he listens to this. I hope so. Is it just at Will for Thrill? I always forget because like his name is always different. I don't pay attention so much to like the actual handles. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's at Will for Thr- at Will for Thrill. Yeah, at Will for Thrill. So yeah, follow him. <laughs> oh, he's got to approve you though. It's a private account, so. Whoa, he went private. Apparently, according to what I'm looking at right here. Wow, what happened to Will for Thrill? Who did he piss off? I <laughs> yeah, know. I don't know. That's just yeah. All right. Okay, are we ready to, to get into this thing? Or do we have... I was, ready a while ago. I was ready a while ago, and then we started talking about chips. But you started I'm, talking I'm about chips. Yeah, I didn't I, start I, I, talking I, about chips. Yeah, I'm, that's true. That's my, that's my fault. So how do we want to... I'm, I'm here for chips. Okay, so we're, we're here to talk about... Okay, this is kind of a weird episode, actually. We're here to talk about two separate bands, The Movie Life and I Am The Avalanche. Uh, we're talking about them together uh, because they have the same lead singer and we wanted to try to be, I guess, efficient with our episode count. To me, I, I 
So, I mean, just to kind of get into my opinion, I prefer I Am the Avalanche to the movie life, but to me, the movie life is maybe more quote-unquote essential or representative to the the record label as a whole i think it'd be hard to have a conversation about drive-through artists without talking about the movie life and their their place in the label um so yeah we just kind of decided to talk about both of them and uh before we get any further we're gonna throw it over to our merch pundit marsden so he can give us his take on on one of these cover arts so listen for that and then we will we will get into it all right welcome back to the pod marsden ash thank you kindly yeah and you can follow marsden on twitter at live on marfin uh, our resident cover art expert uh, this week marsden we are talking about the ep from the movie life called the movie life has a gambling problem we're also talking about I Am the Avalanche's self-titled album because the singers are the same. Now, you already talked to okay. us on your episode about the I Am the Avalanche one, whether or not you remember that or not. What um, was the cover like on that one? It was the one that you said kind of reminded you like a 1940s radio, like tele, yes, yeah. teleplay type thing. And you didn't like yeah. what that said about you, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That, that like I like that aesthetically, and I right. but I don't like the implications of that yeah exactly yeah that was the one actually of, of any of the covers at that time that was the one that uh i actually found the most aesthetically appealing but again like i don't like that i did but right <laughs> best looking one to me yeah okay so i figured for this one we'll just go over the the cover for the ep here like i said it's called the movie life has a gambling problem uh the front as you can see here is just basically a picture of las vegas what do you think I find I find this cover very off-putting, uh, to be quite <laughs> honest. I, I it, and I mean maybe this is I don't know enough about the band to know whether or not this is on on purpose, and maybe it is um, kind of a sarcastic or ironic thing. But between the the name of the band, the movie life, and the way that this is laid out between the font, this kind of like fisheye picture of Las Vegas and stuff, it it looks. Um, it looks more like a like DVD cover for a reality television show. Okay, I see. Like, that, a, yeah. like I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because the movie life sounds like the, you know the the simple life or or any of those <laughs> other like like mid two thousands um, MTV reality shows. But like, yeah, I don't know. This it it uh, and then the like has a gambling addiction. It's yeah. I again I. I think that my, although my gut instinct is to look at this and find it off-putting, I suppose my thoughts about it would be somewhat dependent um, if I knew better on, on whether or not this is, has like a level of sarcasm inherent in it. Okay. I don't know why I said sarcasm very weirdly just there. <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine it, I mean, um, like I'm looking at this and uh, I, I keep, uh, like lifestyles of the rich and the famous. Um, yeah. Okay. Is 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 stuck in my head. Um. So I kind of imagine it maybe. Um. Yeah, sounding like Canada's uh, pop punk princes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, yeah. I, this is a question I have thinking about maybe what you said on your guest spot, and then the last few mm -hmm. albums we talked about. So sometimes, um, as you analyze these things 
you bring up the title of of the album, which you did here, has a gambling problem. Yeah. How much does the title play? Like, is the title part of aesthetic? Because to me, aesthetic is always just like the way it looks. But maybe I'm just too narrow minded yeah. in the way I think about it. Um, I think that it it can um it can range from playing a very significant role in the aesthetics to a very minor one. Um, I mean. In a broad sense, I think that the name of a band certainly is a matter of, of, of aesthetics in terms of the, you know, I guess you could say that the the connotations of the name, um, what it implies to you, as well as even just like the um, the sonic quality of it, like whether it is, a, you know, like an assonant sounding or, or kind of unpleasant or cacophonous sounding band name, all of those things could ostensibly be considered aesthetic, um, especially depending on how carefully they're chosen. Okay. Um, and of course, like any sort of referentialism in a band name, I think would, to me, um, in terms of its implications also sort of count as a sort of aesthetic aesthetic attachment at the very least. Okay. Um, but beyond all of that, I think that one thing that is for me certainly not in contention at all is that the band name insofar as it appears as actual font work, lettering, what have you on the cover art is absolutely a part of the aesthetics. I agree um, with that, yeah, definitely. Especially yeah, like, this one, like the little stars in the, the in the E's and the O's sure. here. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, like there's definitely. Uh, I mean, I I do consider the choice of band name sort of broadly part of aesthetics in a maybe more abstract sense, but um, in in this case, I think even just speaking to the. Um, the more objective sense of aesthetics, the more literal sense of aesthetics, I guess, in terms of like what's actually displayed and written on the cover here is very, um, they made some strong aesthetic choices on this cover that I don't know if I necessarily feel, feel good about. Um, okay. I like the, I love the color of the like logo font. Um, I, just do not know if I actually like the font itself. Yeah, um, it definitely has a like one. famous stars and straps vibe to me. And again, I maybe if it's supposed to be kind of a like making fun of that sort of like reality TV about celebrities sort of vibe, it, it, it would certainly make sense. Like I feel like they nailed that aesthetic, but if that was actually just their sense of like what would look cool on an album cover, um, yeah. like reality TV, DVD collection font, um, then, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know you if can, that's. You can see here, this is the back cover and it's just them appears to be playing like craps or something outside of a casino. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny that you pull this page up, Alex, this, um, this like top banner on it. Okay. Um, really to me, uh, draws into sharp focus a lot of what I do not like about that font work. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really, I don't know what they were um, going for with. I, I think that like even if there was a level of irony in this design choice, I still am not in favor of it personally. Okay. <laughs> um, as for what it sounds like, maybe the maybe it is just the fact that it has gotten. 
uh, Lifestyle is the Rich and the Famous, or whatever the name of that song actually is, stuck in my head, makes okay. me think that it's going to sound like Good Charlotte. Um, okay. I've... I don't know if that's actually going to be the case, but like between that and the Vegas thing, I feel like it's going to be like some, it'll be like the middle ground between good Charlotte and the killers is, is what my, my eyes are telling me. Okay. definitely no killers in this no not at all uh, not at all the good charlotte i wouldn't say was bang on um but definitely not as far off as the killers um that being said if if i were to liken them to uh a, a canadian pop punk legend uh probably it would more so be to some 41 not in terms of the vocals but like that that initial um hook okay yeah i can hear that i think gave me a gave me a tiny bit of that but obviously as soon as the actual vocal melody comes in it's it's a lot more firmly rooted in a like 2000s emo sound than any sort of uh you know 90s pop punk canadian or otherwise yeah for sure okay well i don't know i don't know if i i don't know if you nailed that one or not i think you were no i i think i was pretty off base i i I may have been finally gotcha <laughs> i mean it, it may just be the how negatively i feel about this art uh, through me <laughs> okay all right well um, thanks marston we appreciate it of course yeah see you next time okay so let's start with the movie life has a gambling problem uh brian i think you said this was out of the two bands we're talking about this week this is the one that you said you were familiar with yeah, I actually really like the movie Life a lot. I like, I like this release quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know, like, Walking on Glass and um, Hand Grenade, I think, are two amazing tracks. And I think uh, the two, like, really top-tier songs from this band and from the record label's release output as a whole. But the other four tracks I thought were just all right. Yeah, it wasn't really anything special. They're like, um, they were, um, they're in that same lane of like pop punk mel- or meets melodic hardcore that like, like early saves a day and lifetime. Uh-huh. But, um, but they don't have like the same charm as saves a day and they're not as aggressive as, um, lifetime was. But overall, I thought, um, this EP, yeah, it did have a lot of filler, despite being really short. But and the the two songs you mentioned are absolute bangers. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they're 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 pretty influential, though. I mean, I was, as I was listening to it, I think maybe another one of the reasons that I wanted to make sure to include this as something we talk about is I want to try to kind of explore. Um, the broad spectrum, I guess, of different artists that the that the label managed to have um, during their tenure. And I, for the life of me, I can't think of another band that maybe is 
like the movie life other than I am the avalanche. And for the purposes of this episode, I think they can kind of be seen as one and the same. But I mean, to me, I guess they're maybe like a, a little bit more harder version of newfound glory. Is that, do you feel like that's an accurate take or? Um, yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, they, they really sound a, a lot, a lot to me, like lifetime and early saves a day. Like they're in that sort of, like, like I said before, they're like, they're in that same lane of like, Melodic hardcore slash pop punk. Yeah. Um, and I can't really think of any artists that were on drive through that I would describe as that I would use the word hardcore in the description of, except for possibly this. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're probably one of the more like hardcore adjacent bands on the, on the, on the label for sure. Same thing with newfound glory. They're more hardcore adjacent. Yeah. Um, where they were for a little while. Um, yeah, like, um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, like, it's still, um, but, like, I still don't think they compare um, on, like, a quality level to, like, Lifetime. Like, I kept listening to this, like, and I just wanted to listen to Lifetime instead. Okay. Um, have you heard Lifetime or like Saves a Day or like any of that kind of shit? I mean, I love uh, Through Being Cool by Saves a Day. That's really the only one I ever got into, and yeah. no, I'm not I'm not familiar with Lifetime. Oh, did like so? Did, this didn't this didn't remind you of Through Being Cool at all? No, I didn't actually think of that at all. I don't know. I think maybe for me, I'm so tied to uh, like the way I perceive songs and bands and music i think i'm really tied to the vocals and i think oh, saves okay. the day i mean it's a very unique vocal sound so maybe i yeah. just missed it but to me no i didn't think this necessarily really reminded me of through being cool at all huh yeah uh like but um all those bands ended up having like a big influence on like the early 2010s late 2000s sort of pop punk wave like um I could hear a lot of title fight in this in this band. Okay. Or rather, um title fight has a lot of like the movie life. Okay. Sound. Have you heard title fight? No. Mm-mm. Oh, you're missing out. So okay, so I've got to look up title fight and what was the other one you said lifetime? Yeah, yeah, like, like the television channel. Yeah. No, like they're uh, New Jersey hardcore. Okay. Um yeah, like it's yeah. Title fight has like a, often got paired to the movie life a lot, and so like with their first, like their f- first couple of releases, and same thing with Lifetime. And I mean, have you followed? I mean, I think this was one of their earlier releases. This EP, um, they put out one other full length for Drive Through after this, Forty uh, Hour Train Back to Penn. I think is the name of that one. Yeah, and then- I have that CD. Yeah, yeah. and that one's that one's pretty good. I really like a few of that, but I think it probably could have also just been an EP. For me, it's like a band where they never – I don't think they've ever earned a full-length album, in my opinion. I think they yeah, – I would agree with that, yeah. They put together a handful of really good songs and then just kind of fill out the rest of a CD, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you followed them at all? I, I didn't know that they had gotten back together, but as I was looking through Spotify today, it looks like they had a few full lengths uh, within the last 10 years or so. Really? Yeah. Oh, Which I, I was not, no idea. 
Yeah, I was. I didn't know that either until I was looking. Maybe I'm completely wrong here. Let's see. Yeah, when I was getting into the style of music, I did like not to keep bringing up Lifetime and like Saves a Day and like Kid Dynamite and all those kind of bands. But um, when I was going through that kind of pop, that kind of pop punk phase, like this, like this band was like sort of mid tier in terms of like bands that I gave a shit about. So I, I didn't even know they were still a band. Yeah, it looks like they had one release in 2017 called Cities in Search of a Heart. So that was, and that was their first release since 2003. So I don't know if they're still, according to Wikipedia, they're still active. So I don't know if they have plans to do anything beyond that. Looks like a lot of the current lineup, uh, well... No, two of their main guys are, have been in the band pretty much the whole time. So, okay, so I mean, were there, I mean, I think it sounds like we both agree that Hand Grenade and Walking on Glass were the highlights of the EP, correct? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, easily. Okay. Uh, I don't really have too much more to say about this release of this band in particular. Uh, just wanted to kind of touch on on them because um, I think they kind of come from that uh, maybe sort of golden era like maybe the first golden era of drive through um, around the same time as like when newfound glory was really big and right at kind of like the early stages of the early November and and all that so I think it's pretty important to the history of the label but the main thing that I want to talk about was uh, this I am the avalanche self-titled record. And so, Brian, you said you were not familiar with this record or this artist or like this band, correct? Yeah, um, I I knew that it was the singer of the movie Life's other band. Okay. Like, but I, but I, I didn't like I said like I don't really give a shit enough about the movie Life to follow the dude's <laughs> other projects. So yeah, I never quite made it to this one okay. until today. So I mean, it sounds like you have a. I would say a good way of describing maybe what the movie life sounds like and kind of comparison to, to other artists, other bands. How, how do you feel that I am the avalanche, at least this album is different than the movie life or, or is it? Cause to me, I think they sound very similar. No, nah, this sounds like, like the Madden 2004 soundtrack. Okay. <laughs> and I did not care for it at all. You didn't care for it at all. No, I don't think this sounds like the movie life. This sounds like it's trying to be more mature and more sophisticated. And like trying to go for like a range of different moods of songs and vibes and stuff like that. And yeah. I, I do appreciate them for kind of branching out here and there and trying to go for a range of different emotions and like moods and vibes and stuff. But like, yeah, none of this stuff like stuck with me at all. Really? Yeah. Like, maybe it doesn't sound like the Madden 2004 soundtrack. It sounds more like, maybe, maybe like a hockey soundtrack, but like, okay. like Xbox. Like, not even, they couldn't even get on the Madden soundtrack. <laughs> okay. So there was nothing, you didn't find anything redeeming in this release at all? Well, like I said, I mean, I do appreciate, like, how they can make, you know, like, a, a wide range of emotions and, like, this album definitely has like peaks and valleys and stuff, and like okay. it's really competent. But like, yeah, dude, like this didn't really do anything for me. Okay, like it was just kind of there. I can't believe that. Like to me, 
I, I think the first six songs especially are just really good. Like I think if you got rid of the second half of the album, you would have, I don't know, maybe one of the best EPs that I, I can remember having put together. But like Dead and Gone, New Disaster, Murderous, Green Eye, like just the first four right off the bat, I think are really great. And I think, like you said, they try to do a lot of different things. And, uh, and I think in previous episode, we talked about the RX Bandits progress. They try to do a ton of things on one album and to varying degrees of success. I think at the least the improvement that I would say of, of this album compared to progress is that while they're doing a lot of things, they at least focus on doing one thing in a song rather than trying to do five or six different things in a single song. Mm. And so I appreciate maybe the eclectic uh, variety of the sounds that they're going for and the, the different styles of uh, like rhythmic and melodic things that they're achieving on this, on this record. Yeah. I mean, um, so like, was like, what made you excited about this? Like what, like, what, like really, like what made you prefer this over the movie life? I, I don't, I, I just never got the movie life. I think that, to me, the movie life, it's its a lot of sameness. Like the music, the, the guitars, the drums, they all pretty much sound the same. And so when I think about movie life, the two songs that I've always really liked are Walking in Glass and Hand Grenade. And then, you know, from the, the 40 Hour Train record, I really like Hey and Kelly's song. All of those musically sound very similar. I mean, uh, but the melodies are. Are, they really stand out to me. Whereas on pretty much any other movie life song, I'm like, okay, the music is still fine, still good, but the melody just kind of fades into nothingness. It just blends in. Whereas I think that, you know, the ones I mentioned have really, really good melodies and really they're catchy. They're kind of earworms. They're memorable. And to me, that's what I find in this I Am The Avalanche record. I think there's a lot of really good, uh, like melodies that I, I remember, they get stuck in my head. And I think his vocal delivery, like you said, became more mature. And I appreciate that on this record. He doesn't sound maybe as nasally and whiny, but some of that's still there um, because it's a drive through band. They all sound kind of nasally and whiny, um, <laughs> if we're being actually, honest. Yeah, that's a staple of drive through records that I didn't really think about until now. Yeah. Yeah, you got Dashboard, you got New Fun Glory, you got Early November. Yeah, and something corporate like Andrew was certainly yeah. very whiny back in the day. So I think it's it's sure, it's definitely yeah. a staple yeah. of some of these bands. Oh for sure. But to me like they, like I said they they do some different things on this record. Um and like I said I feel like May, I, and I don't know enough about the history of these bands to know what happened with the movie life and why they kind of uh, called it quits for a, a time here. But I just wonder if part of it was uh, the rest of the band had no interest in kind of going in this artistic direction with uh, singer and guitarist Vinny. Um, but I, I really appreciate this record. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why uh, Yeah, the rest of the guys didn't want to go on that well i mean actually i i don't know why exactly that happened why they didn't want to go on this musical journey with them but i can't really say i blame them okay <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like i don't know if this would be intentional or not but according to wikipedia this album came out on the two-year anniversary of the breakup of the movie life so i don't know if this was like hmm. i don't know if that was intentional or not 
Maybe it was a messy breakup. I don't know. Maybe. One thing I'm always interested in is how... So, like, we have the movie life, right? They break up. The lead singer starts this new band. He gets signed to drive through. And I'm always curious, like, did they have to go through the same process? Or is it like he's contractually obligated to deliver more material to drive through? And they're like, okay, fine. You can use this new band. Or, or like, how do, how do things like that work? I'm not sure. Because there's certainly other instances of bands that broke up. But, um like on drive through and they didn't continue other art, like other projects on the label. So I don't know if that's just coincidence or if there's something more to make of that. Um, okay. All right. So I really like this album. You apparently did not. And I will agree that the second half definitely is lacking. I think it was better for me this time than I remember. Um, so today was the first time you'd ever listened to it. You know, like I actually listened to this twice. Okay. Um, once completely sober, and then once like high just now earlier today. Okay. And was one experience better than the other? Or they were both. No, I didn't like this album either way. Um, <laughs> I took notes both times too. Let's see what I have. Okay. Um. Yeah, like this, this, um, so sober notes where this, this has like no discernible style to it, but then there's like little substance and it's like really flavorless. Sounds like an opening band. This is like, they don't sound like a headlining band, I guess. Okay. I think that's fair. Um, and then the high, um, all my high notes were things I already said. Okay. <laughs> like, like the song sounding like Madden soundtrack circa 2004. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think, yeah, I think uh, we're pretty far apart on this one. I mean, I'm not saying we've agreed on everything up to this point, but for me, this was a uh, like a standout one, and for you, I'm sensing this that you like wish you had never had to listen to. Heard. No, this is not not the worst thing I've heard so far on this podcast. <laughs> okay. Be, so even though I do not like this at all, um, it's I mean, still not it's, the worst. It's still better than the Christmas comp, right? Yep, patreoncom Lab Pod. Odd, yeah. Um, and it wasn't, yeah, and River Phoenix, probably worse than this. Okay. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm actually kind of surprised that, um, that we're so far apart on this one. Me too. I would have thought that you would have enjoyed the, uh, I Am the Avalanche a little bit more. I'm not surprised at your take on the movie life, um. But yeah, I thought to me they're kind of they go hand in hand. But I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we check out some some live uh, live versions of some of these songs from both releases? Yeah, for sure. Okay, we will start with the movie life playing hand grenade. So it's called hand grenade. Is that out of the 
Oh, what is this? Is this like a warp tour or something? Uh, I don't know. It might be the drive-through invasion tour. It could be warp tour. Oh, there we go. Yeah. It's got the big drive-through label in the background with all the bands. Yeah, I thought that was the warp tour logo for a second. They definitely have the, uh, the mid 2000s pop or late 90s, early 2000s pop punk look like. Yeah. It's just oversized and whatnot. I mean, they're very energetic. Yeah, for sure. And they were all jumping in unison at the beginning, which I appreciate. Oh, wow. Look in the background. We <laughs> see. Uh, we can see some of the other drive through artists that must have been playing or at least being advertised. You got Finch. There's starting line, Alistair, and Homegrown. Hmm. Yeah, I know they did a few drive-through invasion tours. I it was before I really ever got into any of the label like in earnest. Um, so I was always bummed that they never did another one. Hmm. Okay, up next here they are playing Walking on Glass, and this looks like it was from February of 2003 in Denver, Colorado. Sorry, what'd you say? Oh, I didn't know this band was that popular back then. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I know a bunch of kids really in my really high school really liked them, but I never, like, I never got it at that time. Huh. Yeah, I think that was. Uh, I think those are both really good representations of the band. I think definitely live shows that would have been cool to be at. And I think, like you said, both uh, both videos kind of spoke to their popularity. And I think you'll see in our next set of videos that I Am the Avalanche did not seem to uh, obtain that level of popularity. <laughs> okay, so this is I Am the Avalanche on June 9th, 2012, playing New Disaster in what appears to be like at a house show or something. Oh, shit. Wait, is this a house venue or is this I have no idea. It's just what it looks like. Some guy's trying to crowd surf over this very tiny crowd. <laughs> I like how they've got the fan going next to the PA system. Mm -hmm. I mean, this. Yeah, it looks like a very sweaty room. I mean, when I look at this, I can definitely see why live shows had to be canceled for COVID. The lead singer and that one guy crowd yeah. surfing were basically making out. It's a DIY show, man. That's yeah. what the eyes look like. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is 
And this, I, I saw I Am the Avalanche once, and it wasn't quite this uh, small a venue or small a crowd, but yeah, I don't think they ever achieved the success of, of the movie life. Yeah. Okay, so next we have Vinny uh, playing Green Eyes acoustic in 2011, maybe? At least that's what I'm Is this on the Punk Videos Rock website? or is this... It's on their YouTube channel. I mean, all right, no, it was just... Was this like a session the Punk Videos Rock did? Is he playing for them or like what? I have no idea. Let's see what if there's Punk anything. Rock, that's what I want to do. I have no idea. Punk Videos Rock. I mean, again, this looks like he's. Well, I mean, I can't tell where he's playing, but it looks like, again, it's inside a house. singer for like some melodic hardcore pop punk band eventually goes acoustic and does a singer songwriter thing and they throw on a flannel shirt and it's always really boring to me <laughs> it's the, so the flannel shirt is required oh yeah absolutely <laughs> every single time there's the guy from hot water music there's this guy there's um uh, there's there's a lot of them I can't. I'm, I'm too high to think of all of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Here's a question for you: Were you a fan of Gym Class Heroes? Uh, yes and no. Okay. I want to say no, but yes, yes, I, yes, I was. Okay. Why do you want to say no? Because they're embarrassing. <laughs> what would you say is like? What's the most embarrassing thing about them? Just the um, fact that it's rap and like I mean, I mean there's plenty of other rap with rock. So I mean I don't, I don't. Is it the earnestness of it? Yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, they're like a weird mixture of like rap and emo and rock and uh-huh. like, but like a very just disgusting flavor of all of those things put together. But you still liked it. Yeah, okay. I mean when I was like. 13, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, here is uh, I Am the Avalanche playing Murderous with uh, at least Travi McCoy from Gym Class Heroes. Let's see if we can get to the part with him. This looks like it was in August of 2006 at Warped Tour in Buffalo, New York. Yeah, that's when. Yeah, that was the the one year everyone was put about Gym Class Heroes. And see, this is probably my favorite song from the I Am The Avalanche record. There's like 12 people watching there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this guy looks like he's kind of close to the front. Oh, okay, yeah, I know what song this is now. That song is actually kind of cool. Yeah, I really like this one. Yeah. 
Yeah, this was only allowed in 2006. <laughs> this is the only year this was legal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what the hell ever happened to Gym Class Heroes? Did this type of music just no fill up, like just fell out of style? Like I said, that was only that was only legal in two thousand six. They had to go after that. They had to go after just yeah. They couldn't. Didn't they have? They did that one song with Maroon Five, right? Or at least the. Oh, Travis McCoy just he had a yeah he had a song with like Bruno Mars or Maroon, or Maroon Five or one of those like pop people that I like vaguely know. Hmm. That, it looks like they haven't put anything out since 2011. Yeah, that's that's probably for the better. <laughs> that was that was yeah that was some, that was an aesthetic that could only exist in the mid 2000s. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Okay, so last live one, and just to kind of uh, really, um, I think highlight how I don't I feel bad calling him desperate. But I feel like Vinny, the lead singer of both these bands, will like really just show up and do anything. I think he really just wants to perform. Maybe he is desperate to try to get his name out there to generate some sort of income without having to do, quote unquote, a real job. But here he is playing Walking on Glass live acoustically, and it literally looks like it's in someone's alley. <laughs> like it looks like he's at someone's barbecue. Yeah. It's like playing next to a shed in a yeah, very like thin a yard. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there was a roasting pig in the background. <laughs> I mean, I want to go to the end and see if we get a shot of any of the people here or... I mean, it looks like a proper gig if like he's playing that far away from everyone else. It's true, but like, what is it? It literally just is like a backyard. This doesn't work as an acoustic song either. <laughs> no, it's. If you have to tap on your guitar that much, it's probably not designed right. to be an acoustic song. Yeah. I mean, what does that sound like? Maybe 10 people clapping? <laughs> Thank you. Now it is time to eat the roasting pig. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's probably he showed up and that was his payment, was getting to eat as part of the barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Should we should we hit up some covers here? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Okay. All right. First up, I've got cover of Walking on Glass. Um from December of 2013, uploaded by Azure B. What is what is that other guy doing? There's like a, a guy 
standing next to a bunch of mattresses, <laughs> yeah, I mean, playing a guitar, and there's a guy, and there's a guy with his back to the camera. I think he's singing. Like, I think this. Okay. Was he just camera shy or something? Or... I asked, I don't know. I imagine they're singing. Oh, he's singing towards the mattress. It's like they're obviously trying to do some sort of recording because you notice the ceiling is all egg crates. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's that's what I was wondering. So I imagine he's positioned that way for some sort of acoustic effect. But why would you record all three parts at once? Right. Yeah. This is really this is really terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I have so many, I have so many unanswered questions. So many unanswered questions. Oh, like and you said, it looks like a mattress of some sort, right? To me, it looks like it looks like a foam chessboard or something. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't understand oh, what's yeah. going on here. But it's very DIY. But they sound like shit. Right. At least the singing <laughs> does. Okay, yeah. uh, here we have some sort of band playing "Walking on Glass" in two thousand eight. Oh, it's a band called Timeless. I like how there's more people at this than the uh, acoustic concert that the singer did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these guys are more popular than Vinny on his own. <laughs> okay, uh, now we've got our requisite kind of acoustic covers. This is some recording I Took a Beating. Oh, yeah, this is your quintessential pop punk guy. So he's got a pop punk going in the background. Wearing a Boston Red Sox beanie. He's singing like that. <laughs> he can't sing worth a shit. He, oh, he can't. He also can't play the guitar worth a shit. <laughs> this video has been up for over eight years and it has 51 views. There's always, always still time to take it down. Oh God! I think I chose that one specifically because of like all of the things you pointed out with the look, and like I listened to like five seconds of it. I was like, "Oh, that's some of the worst singing I think I've ever heard." So obviously, I need to play it. Uh, okay, next we have someone covering the song "Symphony" by I Am the Avalanche. Um, I'm going to play. This is Felicia Anderson in January of 2009. I like, the I like her Beastie Boys poster in the background. Oh, is that? What that is? Yeah. I was yeah, looking I, on my yeah, phone I, earlier. I couldn't make it out. Yeah, definitely Beastie Boys. I mainly picked this one because I think that in all of our episodes so far, it's been very rare to find a uh, uh, someone who appears to be female covering any of these songs. Like these are definitely bro-y type bands and that's represented in all the people who attempt to cover these bands yeah, and songs. Yeah, I was just the same thing. Nice to see someone else covering this song. Right. So, 
Good on you, Felicia Anderson. Uh, and I think here, if I recall correctly, we have one more female doing new disaster. Uh, says their username is Break Free, and this is from 2010. Yeah, I mean, this is not a song that should be played acoustically. <laughs> yeah, there's so but many. I, I don't know why there's so many acoustic covers. I do think it's just easy. I mean, she has a really nice voice. She's delivering it vocally very well. She just needs to find a band. Yeah, for sure. She 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 should have her own band for sure. And or she should do a duop cover because I'm still I'm still looking for that <laughs> duop cover of one of these. Okay, um... Okay, this should have gone with the live videos, but this is another video of them playing New Disaster, and it looks like they're playing in a, like, not a Hot Topic, but a store about that same size. At least there are people mocking. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the manager's thrilled about that. All the shit he's going to have to clean up afterwards. <laughs> it's a clothing store, for Christ's sake. Okay, these last two covers, uh, well, they're not really covers of anything we've talked about. This one is a cover of the Movie Life song Valens or Valens. I looked it up. It's on some sort of compilation, not on any of their releases that I could find. But this was a really weird cover that I found by... I think it's the same guy. He's just recorded himself multiple times. It's called Six Trung. Six Trung Covers. <laughs> That's the same guy, right? Yeah. I took what I wanted, but I didn't have what I want. Balled up and sprawled out. Oh, it's one of those like covers where it's like he recorded every instrument himself, but like he, he filmed himself recording every instrument by himself, and then yeah, because like he has no friends. Yeah, this guy's clearly a nerd. We're making fun of everyone today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's why I've tried not to say anyone's actual username here because I don't want anyone to feel too bad. So there was that, and then that led me down the path of really wanting to find an acapella version of something, which I did not, but I found this acapella version of a Billie Eilish song by a group oh, called Soul to Soul. And this was recorded in quarantine this year. And I believe the song is called Bad Guy. Oh, this is horrifying. <laughs> They're all looking right into the camera. Right into my soul. <laughs> no 
Why is everyone wearing flannel? <laughs> they heard that that's what you're supposed that to do. me. Yeah, they're trying to be like uh, hardcore guys going acoustic. Yeah. <laughs> So this is what I'm looking for. If anyone out there is listening, I want this, but I want it of a band from Drive Through Records. So why has no one provided this for me? <laughs> but yeah, that's that was horrifying. I don't but that's yeah. what happens when I Google or YouTube the movie life acapella, I get this instead. <laughs> All right, that's that's all I've got. Uh, Brian, final thoughts? Either of these releases? You still like has a gambling problem? It sounds like after all these years. Yeah, after all these years, I still like it. Um, I had the I had the Avalanche. I, uh, I I I almost called it I am the movie life. Um, I am the am <laughs> Avalanche. I. You said you liked Murderous. I heard you say that while the motions yeah. or while the uh, gym class heroes one was playing. I am, yeah. I am not the Avalanche. I am, I am not a fan either. <laughs> you're not a fan. You're not the fan Avalanche. Yeah, I am. I am. I am not the fan. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, stick around for our guest. Um, he also, I don't think he had heard of either of these uh, bands before, but he said he was going to listen to uh, the movie Life Has a Gambling Problem. So. Uh, on the other side of whatever cursed audio clip I drop here, you will get to hear his his takes on the movie life. Thank you. Welcome to the Zeitgeist Lab collection. Maddie Rendell. Maddie, all the way from across... At least one ocean, maybe more than that. Yeah. How how are you doing tonight, today, tomorrow? I'm I'm good, thank you. It's um two in the afternoon here, and yeah, we're going good. It's a beautiful day outside. Summer, no snow here for Christmas. What is it? We're doing great. What was the temp? What was the high on Christmas? I saw you were at a swimming pool. Um, yeah, that was my parents' house. They had okay. a swimming pool. Um like every other boomer in Australia. Um, yeah, it was, what was it? I think it was like 28 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is. I don't know what the fuck that means. Yeah, that means yeah. nothing to me. Okay. Your, your Fahrenheit Celsius. stuff confuses the hell out of me. Those numbers seem way too high. It's like, that's <laughs> yeah, very confusing for me, but yeah. Okay. Uh, so you had a good holiday then? Yeah, yeah, it's been good. How about you guys? Yeah, ours was All fine. Right. Uh, we, I we just stayed COVID at home. Yeah, we got COVID here, unlike you guys. So yeah, we had to. Of course. We're basically in quarantine still here. <laughs> well, that Supposed has its positives as well. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it yeah, does. yeah, actually, it does. Yeah, I didn't get to. I didn't get to see my extended family, who I sort of dread to see every year. So. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so right now you're in the middle of 10 days off. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. I finished work on Christmas Eve and I go back like the 4th of January, I think. So, okay. Cause normally you probably, times for me. Yeah. Normally you probably wouldn't have time to, to do something like this. Right. Cause I mean, you work a lot of hours if I'm 
if I understand yeah, correctly. Yeah, yeah, I do. I don't want to brag or anything. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, yeah. I don't know if I work a lot of hours. I'm just at work. You're at work for a lot of hours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is a difference. Yeah. What absolutely. do you do, by the way? Um, so nothing too exciting. One of my jobs, I work um, at Mars Pet Care um, oh, cool. in like a dog food facility. So I don't make the dog food myself, but um, yeah, I like make up the home trial stuff that they do. Nothing okay. too exciting. <laughs> and then my second cool. job, I work um, for the Australian tax office, just like King Forms. Okay. System. So is that the is that the place you told me you're not legally allowed to take pictures inside of? That's correct. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's fun. They, yeah. It's selling my soul, but got to do these things. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's get to what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about uh, the band of Movie Life and their EP. The movie life has a gambling problem. So before I contacted you, you had never listened to this particular EP, correct? That's true, but I feel like I've listened to it a million times. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like every other Long Island emo band of that time. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And had you heard of the movie life before this? Was this a band you were aware of at all? No, no I'd not heard of them at all. So... Yeah, it was it was interesting. Okay, so what were your initial thoughts? Like, what did you what did you make of maybe your first listen through? Um, well, to be honest, I I think first of all I googled the band before I listened. Okay. So I knew that they were from Long Island first, and then I listened, and immediately immediately was like, of course they're from Long Island. Like, <laughs> they're just a bunch of boys complaining about girls. So yeah. that's I don't know what was happening in Long Island in the early two thousands, but you're like brand new, taking back Sunday, and now the movie life. They're all just, yeah, just complaining about girls. Yeah, in Long Island. So I don't know. Um, yeah, it wasn't surprising at all. <laughs> but okay. You know what though? Back back when I was younger, I would have loved it. So I'm not going to pretend like I wouldn't have. Okay, but now this is something. So, but now at your ripe old age of thirty something, I imagine this is not. A sound you're into yeah. now? Oh, look, I was, I was, I still appreciate the sound and things like that. Just lyrically, I w don't resonate with it the same as what I would have maybe 20 years ago. But, okay, so I think yeah. that yeah, that brings up an interesting point because, like for me, a lot of bands that I liked back then, and this wasn't one of them. Like I was aware of them; they're on drive through. I was okay with them, but there are other bands kind of of the same ilk that I really liked. And I'm like, I'm big into lyrics. I was a very emotional, sensitive kid. Like. Same. all the songs about like why doesn't this girl like me or i want to be in this relationship or something so i like i found those sorts of songs and really related to them and so yeah. now you know 15 20 years later i still really like that music but if i find like you're talking about like if i find a band from back then that i didn't know or if i come across music that's still like that i'm like this is like i can't do this anymore because yeah i don't feel that way anymore but why so why do you think it is that you can still relate to the stuff you related to back then maybe not maybe relate's not the right word but you still enjoy it even yeah. though it's not you anymore. I completely agree with that experience. Like I, like, I don't listen to this band anymore, but I used to love Brand New, and I don't mm -hmm. listen to them anymore for obvious reasons. Uh -huh. But the very common theme on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much every guest that comes on here talks to us about how they used to listen to Brand New. 
<laughs> yeah, I did. And I loved them. And um, and Taking Back Sunday, but they're not cancelled, so I can right. mention them. Um, yeah. And, like, yeah, those songs, if one came on, it's still going to have that nostalgic experience, even though I don't really want to listen to it now. Um, so there's something to that, like, yeah, I don't. I know what you're saying. Like, I didn't listen to these guys at all. Yeah, and I don't have that nostalgia to it, so I don't feel anything but sort of like just laughing at these guys. <laughs> I guess. So but if it's something that I grew up with, then it's, yeah, you get that nostalgia and you remember what it was like when you listened to it when you were younger. And yeah, yeah, it's emotive for you. Do you feel like so? Taking Back Sunday is one that I was really big into, and I liked all of their releases up through their self-titled one. Like once uh, John rejoined the band, like the two guys yeah. that left. But I haven't like I've tried listening to the album since then, and the albums that have come out since then would coincide with you know getting into a serious relationship that turned into a marriage and having kids, and suddenly I just don't relate to a lot of the things they're singing about. Yeah. Like, do you still follow, for instance, Taking Back Sunday since you brought them up, or is there also a point where, you're like, yeah, I um, like the old stuff, but I can't, I can't do this anymore? Yeah, basically, I, I don't really follow them anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, because I just don't feel like they've aged all that well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have. Like, I did try. I did try to keep up with them a bit, but it got to the point. And like similar bands, like. The used the same thing happened. I used to love the used, and okay. they got they got older. I got older, and I was like, nah, I don't need this anymore. But you put on fucking in love and death. I'm still gonna get up and enjoy that shit. Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. Yeah, because that's a classic. But okay, so I mean, every band you've talked about so far, as far as I know, is from the United States. Do bands yes. exist in Australia or like do does all of your pop culture come from, <laughs> from us? Um, there is one band in particular that I'd like to talk about with Brian Grinspoon. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I introduced him to Brian not long ago and I fucking love them so much. Um, but yeah, we have lots of great bands here, um, okay. but Australia does tend to borrow its pop culture from the U S and the UK quite a bit. But we do have our own music and bands and stuff as well. Definitely. Is there like an Australian version of this? Of like, like the movie live? Or, uh, or like yeah, does Australia have its own Long Island? island? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Probably all of it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we do have emo bands. I wasn't really as into them. Though. I think Australia um, had more of like, an alternative post grunge scene. And because the scene in Australia, particularly when I was growing up was like smaller, sort of all the bands that are like alternative rock or whatever, they sort of were all part of the same, I don't know, the same scene. Okay. So it wasn't really like, Oh, I like Australian emo. I like, it was all just like the same radio station was playing all this, the same bands so because we have um there's like national broadcaster triple j um okay. they're just like alternative youth radio basically and so when i was growing up they were playing like all kinds of alternative rock or whatever so you'd have emo you'd have pop punk you'd have just like like Grinspoon, for instance like post grunge and stuff like that and just all and they also had like hip-hop and things as well so it's like more of a broad taste spectrum i guess okay. i don't know 
yeah, I didn't really grow up just listening to one sort of genre, I guess, growing up in one certain scene. It was just like listening to, yeah, whatever was available Australia-wise. But, yeah, the internet changed, of course, like with the internet and stuff like that. Because, I don't know, I couldn't download music till I was like 14. So, okay. um, yeah, so that changed things up a bit as well. But we, like that triple j did play international stuff as well so gotcha yeah and would you say like at least within like this kind of music like maybe the pop punk type of music is it is that kind of music really big in australia because what i've noticed is for a lot of bands and the one i'll mention is one that we're all familiar with blink 182 it seems like when they first become internationally famous it's like that kind of starts in australia rather than yeah. like South America or UK or something like that. What can you explain yeah. that or? Well, I think again, uh, to bring up triple J again, I think they actually play a pretty big part in that because okay. they do, especially like in that period of time, like it's different now because the music that young people listen to has changed. But back then um, that was what was popular. So Blink-182 was played on it heaps. Like, and because that was what was deemed to be cool was to listen to Triple J, that's what we were listening to was Blink-182 and basically whatever else they were playing. So gotcha. I think, and yeah, they've always sort of had their finger on the pulse pretty well, Triple J. So I think that's why bands like Blink-182 have been quick to find fame in Australia. Okay. Um, yeah. Has do you notice that like so? Would you say it happens outside of just the genre of like skate punk or pop punk? Like, are there are the pop bands get really big in Australia as well? Or uh, yeah, there's definitely like there's still your um, you know top forty hit radio sort of thing that gets, yeah that definitely gets picked up like your commercial stuff that's still happening. Um, but yeah, in terms of like non-commercial, like, oh, I mean Blink One Eight Two is commercial music, but yeah. Yeah, in terms of like alternative um, music, like Triple J is definitely responsible for a, a lot of that popularity in Australia. Okay. For sure. And like the big day out festivals and things like that, like you might have heard of. Uh, yes. Yeah, they were they were big for that as well because it's sort of like a culture, like a cultural tradition to go to the big day out. It's back then it doesn't exist anymore, but... Because they don't um, do that festival anymore? No, it, um, I think it got bought out by the people that do Lollapalooza or something and they just like cancelled it and Ooh. that's never happened since. Gotcha. They just wanted to take away the competition. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah. They promised that they would help revive it and then just destroyed it. So. Right, of course. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yes. So, okay, so this collection we're talking about, Drive Through Records, the artists of Drive Through Records, we kind of chose this uh, episode like if I'm going to be completely forthright there, we have plans for future seasons and there were things that I wanted to get you on for that. Um, yeah. But the public has demanded that we get you on an episode for this collection. Like I've had multiple people oh, say, wow. Oh, you should get Maddie. And I'm not one to disappoint the listeners. So I was like, all right, we will invite him on now. And this was one of the, the few bands that we hadn't lined up a guest for. That's so, so sweet. <laughs> yeah i mean you're an internationally beloved by everyone so oh, thank you thank i'd you. let you know that but outside of the movie life is does drive through records mean anything to you does it mean anything in australia or is that just not something that really um, mattered there no um 
Um, like for me personally, I'd never heard of Drive Through Records okay. until you guys started this podcast. Um, but I don't know. Like other people might have heard of it, but in Australia, but yeah. from my personal experience, I hadn't. But I'm sure there would be like. There's people who are much truer heads than me. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Particularly yeah. with this genre of music, like I was just um, very basic with it, like the used. And like I said before, like just that sort of like the more commercially viable bands that were part of this scene. Did you ever I get into Newfound Glory? I never actually. I'd like, I've listened to them, but yeah. I never, never really returned. Um, what was I going to say? So, okay. So what is your musical taste then? Cause it seems very broad. Like obviously you're into like a lot of pop punk stuff. Um, yeah. You have Avril Lavigne as the star on your Christmas tree. I know that. <laughs> I, do, like... I do. She's still there as well. It's still up. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need to take that down. Well, maybe I'm just keeping it up for Avril's sake at the moment. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of genre, I guess it is pretty broad. I do listen to a lot of different stuff, but, um, I was actually, yesterday I did um, Soul of a Truck, the Killers podcast. I don't okay. know if you guys, yeah. And they asked me the same question. And basically, like, I don't listen to anything that's overly cool. Um, okay. So, like, I have a Foo Fighters tattoo on my wrist. And okay. I thought that was cool to do 10 years ago. Um, but now I'm just like, mate, you were getting a tattoo of one of the biggest bands in the world on right my wrist. it doesn't make it special <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but um i love the smashing pumpkins they'll probably blink on eight two and the smashing pumpkins would be my favorite bands okay um that have consistently been there with me um but yeah lots of different like a lot of rock punk pop punk i do delve into like heavier stuff as well or lighter stuff like Euro pop and shit like that. Like it's, yeah, it does vary a bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just whatever mood I'm in at the time. Whatever <laughs> mood you're in. Are there any genres that you like won't listen to? Because like I can listen to pretty much everything, but I won't listen to country. Like that's the one. That's where yeah. I draw the line. Like I'm not gonna. You know listen what? To that. Um, I like Dolly Parton a lot, but that's basically okay. the only country I listen to. Really? Okay. Dolly Parton. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, Beck and I saw her. We um. We went to Glastonbury a few years ago, the big festival in the UK. Okay. And she played at it and like we went and saw her and it was, it was like a crazy fun experience. So <laughs> since then we've both been really into Dolly Parton. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So last thing I wanted to ask you about, and this is because I saw you talking about it on Twitter, like I could probably ask you, like, sit here all day and ask you questions about Australia, and you'd probably get super annoyed with me. But I'm, I'm particularly interested in this one because, from based on what I could tell, there is a song written in Australia that has caused your entire nation to decide on December 21st you're just going to eat a bunch of gravy. Is that <laughs> what I'm to understand? <laughs> or? Um, that's not entirely accurate. So. Okay. <laughs> That was, we don't really just eat a bunch of gravy. That was just something that I said um, to try and be funny. Okay. <laughs> but there, so there is a song by um, Australia's version of Bob Dylan, Paul Kelly. He's okay. a magnificent songwriter um, called How to Make Gravy. And it's basically, the, the lyrics are a letter written from the perspective of a guy that's in jail writing home to his brother, 
um, to his family, like sending messages to his family and stuff like that. And basically he's in the letter, he's like, who's, and it's, um, sorry, the letter's for Christmas time. So okay. it's like a Christmas song. And he's like, um, he, this guy in prison obviously usually makes the gravy on Christmas day. And it's okay. like, he's like, who's going to make the gravy now that I'm not there. Basically. <laughs> and in the song, um, in the letter, it says it's the 21st of December. So on the 21st of December, Australian music Twitter is like, oh, happy gravy day. So, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it's, so that's it's where that like, comes from. So it's not like everyone's actually eating gravy. Like I'm sure there are some people, but it's not like a national, like everyone get out your no. pot of gravy type thing. No, like, I think the summer solstice like seems like an awful time to eat a bunch of gravy. Like it seems entirely too hot. And let me tell you, it is. Um, and that happens around Christmas time, which is part of that song as well. It's like, why why are we eating gravy when it's fucking <laughs> super hot? Like right. People are cooking four hour long roasts in their oven and then pouring gravy all over it on Christmas day. And it's like, we don't, it's not snowing here. It's not cold. It's fucking hot. <laughs> but you guys still do all of the tip, like the country in general does all the typical traditions a lot of, of Christmas. A lot of, like... a, yeah. A lot of people do. My family used to, we sort of stopped a bit now. It's more of a seafood lunch now and like cold meats and stuff. So, okay. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, like my mom would still make cook a roast like a few years ago, but she doesn't anymore. Still. Yeah. It's too hot. Yeah. Yeah. Global warming and all, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's how the bushfires started last year. Yeah. Too many hot roasts. <laughs> Damn those roasts. Yeah. Okay. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for being here. Before we wrap this up, is there, like, do you have anything you want to plug or anything you want to mention? Um, not really. I don't have any creative pursuits to plug. But, uh, just follow me on Twitter, I guess, at Maddie Randell. I have 584 followers at the moment, and I'd really like to get to 600. So, um, what's what are you gonna do? Like, are you gonna do something to mark the occasion if you get to 600? Or I'll probably just talk about cum or something. <laughs> I don't know. That um, seems appropriate. Also, congratulations to you, Alex, and your wife, Daisy, who's now internet Twitter famous. She I've is. Noticed. Yeah, she is. She's popping off lately. <laughs> she has been, yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty intense. It I, must be. She's over here work, workshopping tweets all day long and getting my opinion. Yeah. And it seems <laughs> yeah. to be working. She finally has more followers than her brother, and her brother's like the cool one in the family. So Right. That's she's pretty excited fear. about that. <laughs> That's your fear. If that ever happened to me, if my sister got more followers, oh, okay. me, that would be depressing. Yeah. Are you so you're the cool sibling or um yeah, I guess I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if either of you can be considered cool, it, it might be you. No, she's cool she's cool in her own way. Yeah. In her own way. We get okay. along, so I won't shit talk her. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Maddie. No worries at all. Thanks, guys. Be a hundred degrees, even more maybe. But that won't stop the road. Who's gonna make the gravy now? I bet it won't taste the same. Just that flour, salt, a little red wine. Don't forget a dollar for tomato sauce. For sweetness and that extra tang. And give me a